That's 10 minutes after 8 o'clock. You're listening to Moody Radio 89.3. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation, Bridget. I am too, because we are grappling with some of the tough questions about our faith and one that maybe you are grappling with as well. And to help us do that, Dr. Ray Pritchard is on the line. He serves as president of Keep Believing Ministries. And it's obviously some things that he's thought a lot about as he has extensive degrees from Dallas Theological Seminary and Talbot School of Theology, but also a lot of practical ministry experience. So, Dr. Pritchard, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Eric. Great to be on with you today. Yeah, we, I've, we've got some tough questions because these are the questions. If if you read the story about the Hillsong worship leader that uh, said, I, my faith is kind of... Um, shaky right now and he had some some questions that were causing him to shake and kind of having these really difficult questions in his mind that he needed answers to hopefully he's searching for those answers uh so we said well let's let's help that process a little bit but i want to start with an overall question maybe about truth and the importance of truth and can truth change um is it possible that there is a that my truth can change and that and that that can uh, cause my faith to shake i guess would be my question well number one we've all been doing some introspection since the story of joshua harris came out and then this worship leader for hillsong if we pose the question in in the terms that you put it eric my truth mm. that's very that's a very postmodern way to put it right. that's, that's very contemporary you've got your truth and i've got mine Well, if all I have is, quote, my truth ginned up by my own intelligence and my own observation of the world around me, sure, that truth can change. But if you're asking about the truth, the truth as it comes from God, Jesus said in John 17, sanctify them by your word, your word is truth, that in this world with so many competing opinions, uh, so many theories, so many isms that confuse people. It's vitally important in these days that Christians go back to the Word of God and build their lives on what God's Word says, because God's Word is the one unchanging truth in a world where increasingly everything seems up for grabs. Yeah, and I think some of the questions, though, that he was having, and by the way, this conversation really isn't about uh, him specifically. It's about all of us, because these right. are questions that so many people grapple with and, and struggle with. So some of those questions were, I think one of the biggest ones was, was if God is good, basically, he, has, he said in so many words, why do bad things happen? I mean, if we had the power to cure cancer or a number of diseases, um, feed every starving person, wouldn't we do that? Well, we say God has that power, so why doesn't he? You have put your finger, Bridget, on the number one question in one of his books, the late John Stott, called The Question of Suffering in the World, the number one apologetic issue. And we got to begin in the right place with the truth that there is a God, that he is sovereign, that he has spoken, and that his word is true. We will never We will never get to the right answer by starting with the sadness and the heartbreak of life. That is to say, I can put it this way. If you spend your days looking at all the tragedies around us, these shootings that happen, these children who are who are killed, who are gunned down. When you when you look at all the hatred and violence in the world, I will freely say that if you start there, 
going to be really hard to reason your way back to God. You've got to start at the other end. You've got to do what the Bible says. You've got to start with the fact that there is a God, that all his ways are right and just. And you've got to begin to think about who is the God who made us. This world is messed up. We all know that. It's not, it's not the world of the Garden of Eden. It's the world God created after Adam and Eve sinned and were cast out of the garden and sin entered the human race. And whatever else we may say, we're going to have to admit that we're going to live with these very difficult questions until Jesus finally comes again. That is to say, when, when you see a drive-by shooting, when, when a loved one dies of cancer, when you have a child who is suddenly very ill and his life is hanging in the balance, we're not going to be able this side of heaven, to get to the final answer to why this happened and why that didn't happen. What is important is your starting place. If you start with God, if you start with his truth, you have the only, it's the only possible way that you'll have a framework for beginning to deal with the unanswered questions of life. And, and I'm, I'm reminded of what a Scottish preacher uh, once remarked after the death of his wife when he uh, came back and preached a great famous sermon called when life tumbles in, what men? He said, people have said to those of us who have lost so much, why don't we fling away from God? And he said, I answer back, fling away to what? If you turn away from God in the time of trouble, life cannot get better. It only gets worse. Mm. We can also, um, as believers, sometimes fall into the trap of saying, if you're a follower of Christ, then life is going to be better for you. And that can be a trap that can be cause problems also. Oh, I wish we had an hour to talk about that. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> because you know what? Down deep, most Christians believe that, even though we know the Bible doesn't teach that. Right. <laughs> most Christians believe, and you know what? If I'm going to be perfectly honest, there are moments when subconsciously I think that, Lord, I've done everything. I've played by your rules. I've tried to follow. I've tried to follow the good book. I've tried to do what you told me. And Lord, look what happened anyway. At that moment then, we have to get our feet on solid ground. We have to go back to that most famous verse that we, we sort of uh, toss it around casually for we know that all things, all things work together for good. There are two things that we've got to think about. Number one, uh, we know this is true because Paul said it's true, Romans eight twenty eight, And we've got to understand that when Paul says all things work together, he doesn't mean that death by itself, that uh, heartache by itself, that cancer considered by itself, that the tragedies of this world considered uh, in isolation, that those in and of themselves are good. But what he is saying is that our God is so wise, He's so good. He's so sovereign. He's so strong. He can take the worst that can happen to us, and he can cause it to work together for other things that end up for our good and for his glory. Uh, I remember Martin Luther said, you ought to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Well, this is part of what that means, going back to what you know to be true, what must be true. And in the in, in the day when Sadness comes and tragedy strikes, which, you know, guys, that happens to all of us sooner or later. At least if we started with God, we started in the one place where we may begin to get some answers 
to the uh, to the really difficult questions of life. I want to say again, <laughs> just want to say again, we're not going to be able to answer specific questions this side of heaven, but at least if we start with God, the Bible, Jesus who loved us and died for us and rose from the dead and is now ascended into heaven and one day coming back, if we start there, at least we have put our feet on the solid ground of biblical revelation and our feet will not slip when they are standing on the rock of God's truth. Dr. Ray Pritchard of Keep Believing Ministries is joining us this morning on Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, so many of these questions, we, like you said, we could spend an hour on each. But another question that a lot of people have is, help me understand, um, if a, God is love and he is loving, why would he send somebody to eternal damnation for not believing in him? Again, we again wish we had all day. Real quick perspective here. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25. He talked about eternal punishment. He talked about hell, and he said it is reserved for the devil and for his angels. That is to say, hell in the beginning was God's place for those uh, supernatural beings, the angels who became the demons who followed the devil in his uh, in his revolt against God. And you may say, well, how does that even speak to the question at hand? Well, it's telling us something, that God loves us, that God wants to have a relationship with us, and that anybody, anywhere, at any time can be saved and have their sins forgiven. But if you decide that you can save yourself, if you decide you don't need the death of Christ, if you think you're good enough to gain the righteousness of God on your own, or, frankly, if you live a life of such rebellion against God. If God took rebellious sinners who hate him, if he took them to heaven, they would be more miserable in heaven than they are on the earth. If God is just, if God is truth, if if all his ways are right, then we shouldn't be surprised that there is a place called hell and that people will go there who do not believe, who will not believe, and who've turned away from the God who made them. For them, once you turn away from God, there's no other good option. So let us say it this way. If God is not just loving, if he is also just, if he is truly compassionate, if he is all wise, there must be a place called hell, and some people must end up there forever. Well, I've heard it say, you know, why just one way? You know, why so? Why not uh, multiple ways? And I've heard others say, but the fact that there is a way shows his goodness and his grace and the fact that he's provided a way for us to be saved and didn't want us to miss it. You know, if you tell somebody 20 different ways to get somewhere, that might cause some confusion. But if you say, here's here's real simple, here's how you get there. You can't confuse it. Very straight and straightforward. Um, you're making it very clear. And so the fact that there is a way is something that shows his goodness, right? Well, we can take that question and we can, the original question and turn it around. The question is not, why do some people go to hell? The real question is, why in God's wisdom and mercy did he make it possible for anyone to go to heaven? If we understand what our sin really is, that it is iniquity, that it is rebellion, that it is transgression, that it must be punished, that if we understand how great our sin is, the true wonder will not be that anybody ends up in hell. The real wonder is that anybody goes to heaven. So great 
is the grace of God that we can say this morning to anybody who is listening to us this morning, no matter who you are or where you are, no matter what you've done. Let me say it boldly, no matter what you did last night or who you did it with, if you will turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ in this one shining moment today, this very day, you can be saved. Your sins are forgiven. The slate will be wiped clean. You will be justified in the eyes of God. And when you die, you will go to heaven to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and folks, that is the great message of the gospel. In these days of confusion, oh, how we need pastors and churches and church members, born-again Christians, who will share the good news of the gospel because it is the only hope of this dying world. Mm. Yeah, I mean you've you've said it before uh, even in this conversation that he loves us and while we were his enemy he died for us to come and rescue us that shows his love for us and uh boy that that's that's the most important thing we can say as we work through this morning. Uh we appreciate you making it boldly clear for us this morning. Dr. Ray Pritchard is with us. Um one one other uh question that they had as they're talking through these, I thought we could just touch on was about science and God and how uh, we've come to this place in our existence that science can disprove God is what they're saying. What would you say to somebody that uh, brings up that point to you? Well, anyone who says science can disprove God doesn't understand God and also doesn't understand science. Science is the study of the world the solar system, and the universe around us. It, it looks into the world that God made and the universe that God created and draws some conclusions. By definition, science is never settled. It's never finished because every day, every single day around the world, new discoveries are being made. Let me just say it this way, that all the facts are not yet in, but we can say it confidently this way, that when all the facts are finally in, when all the truth is finally known, it will be discovered that there is no final conflict between what the Bible actually teaches and what science actually discovers. Understand, guys, we're not to that place yet, okay? Mm -hmm. We are not there yet, but we can say science, instead of disproving God has helped us to understand this universe has not always been here. It had a definite moment of beginning. We can argue about the details, but if you say the universe wasn't always here, where did it come from? Christians answer in the words of the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God, my friends stand on that truth, stand there. That's a safe place to be. Let's argue about the details. Let's learn all we can. But at the end of the day, let's say what the Bible says, that there was a beginning and it was God who created uh, all that we see, all that's around us. The facts of science, rightly understood, lead us back to Genesis, not away from it. 